it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and in an empty chair somewhere in South Carolina. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Friday, February 9th, with your host, me, Ray, and, well, a mystery guest, because I just received an email from Zach a few minutes ago. There we and go. He's, and, my God, it's Brandon from Car Questions Answered. I was on time. Why did you start? No, you were late, buddy. You were just like my son. You were late. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. What's the title of today's show? Uh, car dealer profits plunge 84%. Well, ours didn't. So that's good, I guess. Yeah, that is good. And 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 if I may, um, I don't know that that actually refers to all car dealer profits. Um, but, you know, my son... God bless him. And he's not here to defend himself. My son, God bless him, has this unique way of coming up with, well, headlines and thumbnails that, well, don't tell the whole story. If you would it's, like, Brandon, I will actually pull up what he was referring to. If okay. I, can and, and I got to defend Zach a little bit. It's 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 a it's a game on YouTube. You got to play it. If you no, want I, to, I, uh, if you want to be here. That. So. I get that. I'm just trying to figure out how the hell I do this again. Um, uh, bear with me. Uh, share. Share. We want to share. Um, shit, I forget how to do this. Oh, I'm not supposed to use the S word. Wait a second. Oh, um, yeah, we're, we're already am, am I sharing anything at all? Or I'm. You're not sharing it with me. Okay, so I think we want to hit present. Yep, and then we want to hit... Yeah, share screen, <laughs> and then it's, oh, select the tab and share. A am I sharing now? Nope, nope, not even close. You got to, so you got to uh, uh, pick which screen you want to, um, you did. want to actually share. Oh, add to stage. Bingo. There you go. Look at that. You, you know, you know, you, I am, I am living proof that you can teach an old fart new tricks. Um, so anyway, what this article says is Asbury Automotive Group, which is one of the largest um, publicly traded dealer groups in the country, their net income dropped 84%, and they have adjusted their revenue goals moving forward. Um, so that's what Zach was talking about. I'll just read the beginning. Asbury Automotive Group, Inc. saw net income fall 84% year-over-year during the fourth quarter to $55.5 million, the company said. Our quarterly results reflect the industry tends, trends toward normalcy within operations. I don't know exactly what that means. And the headwinds impacting our parts and services business from ongoing integration activities. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there and 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 I'm gonna remove that. And can you can you make sense of what what the hell they just said there in that the the headwinds? So, so the, is this a is this a new store group? Uh, yes, Asbury Automotive I think is the fourth or fifth largest publicly traded new group, new new franchise dealership group. So it's interesting that they're talking about uh, well, it's, it's their it's their revenues that are down, and we're, we're seeing this uh, a lot with um with, with revenue, uh, not necessarily on the the manufacturers, but a lot of dealer groups that their revenues are coming down because they're selling fewer vehicles, but their margins are still high. 
Um, so it's it's curious to me why they're down that much. Um, did they cite uh, the repair side at all? They I, I, they, they they did they did spend one point two billion dollars to buy the Jim Coons group of dealerships in the uh, Washington uh, D.C. Um, Maryland and Northern Virginia market. Um, so I'm sure there's some expense expense associated with that. But I found what I found interesting were whatever the perceived headwinds for integration of whatever for parts and service. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what they would be talking about. There, I understand what headwinds they would face on the new car side of things with inventory sitting and and floor plan costs going up. Yeah, floor plan interest rates definitely. I mean, it, that was a that was a profit line item what year and a half two years ago, yes. and now it's completely flipped on its head. And on top of this line item, not it's it's now being an expense. It's a crazy expense because you have these dealers that have inventory that are no longer just as soon as they get into the system being sold. They have to sit. And I mean, you guys talk about this all the time, having vehicles sit for. 60 days, 90 days. I've seen 360 days uh, that Zach pulls up. So yes. uh, the more you have these vehicles sit, I mean, the more interest they're going to have to pay. And then you have higher interest rates that are no longer this, uh, this, uh, this profit, this profit center for a lot of these dealerships. And, and even on the finance and insurance side of things, um, in order to keep a customer within a payment range, that's somewhat affordable for them, uh, oftentimes a dealer has to cut back the amount of markup they add to a loan. You know, typically new car dealers like to add two percentage points uh, to the loan. So if the buy rate was 6%, they they sell the money to the customer for 8%. Well, in many cases, F&I profits are down a little bit because they can't squeeze the payment where they need it to be, if they're at 8%, maybe they're only at 7 or 6.75%, um, and, and they're not marking up the, the buy rate quite as much, I would I would imagine. Yeah, I, I would assume, though, all of this, I mean, they're probably still making similar money on a lot of these deals. I think the the big write-down just being the, the acquisition of the new stores, the remodeling, the stuff that they're going to do, all, all that's going to be, it's going to come off Come on, come off that line. I, I, that's 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 where most of the money went, if not all of it. I, I would I would think as well. I also believe in my heart of hearts, and 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 I could be wrong, um, but I don't think I am. Uh, I I do believe that 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 new that dealership profits at new franchise dealers are down somewhat. Not a hundred, you know, not 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 maybe 50%, but they're down. I mean, they're not making, I, I know people that I talk to, they're not making nearly as much money per used car sold as they had been there uh, because, you know, even, even though wholesale prices have dropped, they're, they're still relatively high for the young um, low mileage cars. Uh, the, the new car profits have gone down. F&I profits have gone down. The only thing that that might have gone up to help save these dealerships to a certain degree is parts and service revenues. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. That's that's the only place uh, across these dealerships where I think they're probably adding money and where they're losing money. I'm not saying losing money overall, but what they're where they're not making as much money. You know, mm -hmm. we have uh, less volume right now. We yes. have um, we have 
dealer markups that they could charge that they can't charge anymore. There's still some dealerships out there that are charging them. Still, some people out there that pay them, but across the board, you're not you're not getting uh, market adjustments anymore. That's that's just that's not happening. So that's that's a easy line item. That's 100 percent profit that's coming off. Um, you're having dealers that are having to negotiate now. So you're you're seeing that dealerships are selling stuff for under MSRP. Yes. They weren't doing that. So that's that's less money right there. And then, I mean, you have the profit center of the, the flooring cost. That's that's not there anymore. And on top of all this, lending is getting tighter. So you're having fewer, uh, even, even if you have customers walking in the door, fewer of them are getting approved uh, for these deals. Exactly. And, and um, you know, I, I forget what the hell I was going to say, which happens with age, by the way. And, and it's something that, that that you have to look forward to. I honestly, I, I was I was going to make a a, a really valid point that <laughs> will, is, is 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 so so instead I'm going to go I'm going to go to a um a comment from the from the audience today and uh, be a, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Once and he says, I wonder. What will be able to blame on EVs today, inflation, sterility, or hair loss? And, well, I'm going to say memory loss. How about that? How about, how about, you know, the only reason I can't remember what I was going to say to you, Brandon, is because I sat and drove in an EV one time, and and so now I can't remember the stuff that I wanted to remember. It's Because it's, everybody knows I hate EVs. How do you feel about EVs? So uh, I don't know who we want to get into the EV discussion, but I am I am almost I'm almost indifferent about that. I, I feel like the rollout is going to be a lot slower than what most people think because we don't have the infrastructure for it. And uh, there's just there's so many people that just don't want to have to deal with the charging elements. They they're 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 scared. They're scared of it because they um, they they don't want to be stuck with a with a dead battery. I think, too, what a lot of like Tesla bulls don't talk about enough is that um okay so the the people that are going to be buying uh teslas are going to be more affluent people so these are not people that are probably living in apartments and don't have garages so it's going to be very difficult where i I hear a lot of these tesla bulls just say okay well you don't even have to worry about the charging station you can just charge them at your house overnight well there's a large percentage of the population that one don't have garages so they just park their cars on the road and two they live in apartments and that they're just not going to have charging stations out there and that's not going to have happen anytime soon at a lot of these lower income apartments so even if you have a tesla that's going to be potentially the cheapest car in on the market in the next few years those people still can't um can't make the uh, the transition to these Teslas and have their cars sitting out by the road when they're when they're living in these kind of um, these kind of environments. And I see I see Justice in the comments saying there's there's zero I- issues with this, but uh, I I, uh, I beg to differ with that. Yeah, he yeah, I mean Justice lives in an apartment and and he does obviously he doesn't charge his Tesla there. He must not have things to do if he gets to if he gets to go wait around on a charging station then. Well, well, but here here's the point for for justice. He he is in California. So there is more infrastructure in California for EVs than probably anywhere else in the country. And right. so he doesn't necessarily need a charging station at his apartment complex. There is enough or there are enough charging locations 
um, in the Sacramento area where he lives, whether it be uh, when he goes to the grocery store, he goes to the mall, or he goes to a movie, there's always somewhere for him to charge. And, you know, he drives a Tesla. There's the Tesla superchargers. So I, I get that if you're in an area that that has a lot of the infrastructure in place, it's certainly a hell of a lot easier. I live at the Jersey Shore in a condo, uh, you know, 14-floor high-rise or whatever the hell it is. And we don't have any charging stations. And as far as I know, there's no charging stations that are near me, at least that I've seen anywhere. It's, it's you know, the, the little shopping center that's, that's not too far from me. There's no charging stations there. Um, so I don't know if I bought an EV where I would charge it. But, you know, the infrastructure just isn't as robust here as it is in other areas. Um, I do think that in some ways, Americans are slow to adapt to things, okay, to certain things. I, you know, like cell phones and smartphones, uh, as Americans, we weren't slow to adapt to those. But I think when it comes to EVs, many, many Americans are slow to adapt to that new technology. And I've always felt, and you've probably heard me say it, that hybrids, at least in my view, are the bridge that ultimately get more people to go full battery electric. I I, I agree with that. Um, I think the problem with, with hybrid, so a, a lot of people that uh, I'm, I'm speaking towards the lower income again, they're not yes. going to be able to buy brand new cars. Exactly. So the the problem that we've seen with hybrids over the years and like my dealership, we don't even buy, we don't, we don't buy hybrids because once you get to that 150 plus thousand mile range, the batteries are shot. And at that yeah. point, the batteries cost more than what the car is even worth. So yeah. I think what you have to have is you have to, for adoption of even hybrids and then the next step to the EVs, you've got to have these used vehicles come through the, through the market where People can buy them and then say, okay, now I trust this EV. I trust this hybrid. I know what the expenses are going to be. Um, and there's there's just no sample size of of that yet um, for uh for that for that level of of income person. And I think that's a that's a hump that we're gonna have to get over because these companies they have to spend money on education. Um and Tesla doesn't want to, I mean, they don't want to advertise. So call it something else. Call it call it education. To get okay. uh, to get these people into EVs if they want to, because there's just a lot of people that uh, if you don't see Teslas driving around all the time, you don't see charging stations around all the time. If you don't see neighbors charging their Teslas at their house all the time, then they don't know what it's about. They don't they, they don't know how long it's going to take to charge these vehicles. And if if these companies don't spend money on educating their uh, their consumers, then they're just going to buy what they're used to, which is the gas powered vehicles. You know, you you cater to a a slightly different market than new car franchises cater to, especially on the used car side of things, even at new car dealerships. Um, and and you cater to a slightly different market than some other used car dealers do. And that is you really cater to a lower price point vehicle. Yep, $5,000 and under is what we said. Okay, so do you think that 
ICE vehicles will always be around strictly for people who are looking for $5,000 and under vehicles, regardless of what happens to EVs. Because let's face it, if if you need to buy a car for, for $3,500 and put a few dollars in it so that you can afford to sell it for $5,000, you can't afford to spend that $3,500 on a hybrid or an EV of some kind, only to get it back to the dealership to find out it needs a battery or the battery pack. And, you know, battery packs are $10,000, I don't know what a, a battery would be for a hybrid, but I'm sure it's going to be more than the $3,500 you just paid for the car. So assuming you can't ever afford to take that risk, do you think in the future you will always just deal in, in internal combustion engine vehicles for your market? Um, so it depends on where the technology goes and how cheap they can make it. But uh, so for the hybrid batteries, the example you're using, the 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 hybrids that we would buy, the batteries aren't tens of thousands of dollars. They're they could be fifteen hundred, three thousand dollars, or whatever. Yeah, so they're not that expensive. But when you're talking about me buying a twenty five to three thousand dollar car, <laughs> yes. I can't I can't have a fifteen hundred dollar expense, even if we get one of the cheaper ones. So, um, what what's going to have to happen? I think for our price range to be able to bring in hybrids and um, and EVs is obviously times <laughs> got to go on. And as as this time goes on and these cars get cheaper and as they're used, obviously they depreciate in value uh, very quickly. So they could fall into our range. But at that point, uh, I mean, that's five, 10 years from now, then I would assume that uh, that uh our price point is probably not $5,000 and under at that point. It's probably higher than that just because of the way the dollar moves. Because um, uh, five, six years ago, we would have been like $3,500 and under. And now we're up to $5,000 and under. And I would assume five years from now, we're probably going to be $7,500 and under. And that's just what, the way it's going to have to go because even if you outstretch the uh, like a Cox Automotive uh, wholesale value index over the years, you see just this constant trend line. Now we have a spike from yeah. what we saw in the pandemic, but if you take that spike out, then you still have just a continuous, I'm getting off the screen, just a continuous uptrend of this chart. And then we'll have to move with those wholesale ranges. But I mean, 10 years from now, $7,500 is going to be the equivalent of a $4,500 car. So that's, well, that's what we're going to be looking at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's, let's assume for a minute that, that, that 10 years from now, um, and this is hard to assume because over the last 20 years, the, the uh, minimum wage hasn't gone up at all. Um, the federal minimum wage, uh, that, that's not to say that there aren't employers out there who have not increased their minimum wage. But let's assume that in the next 10 years, minimum wage continues to go up in some way, or at least at least a lot of the employers increase it so that what, what you're customers can afford it $5,000 a day, perhaps in 10 years, it will be $7,500, but they will still be at the lowest end of the spectrum when it comes to car buyers. It's, they're still not going to be in a position to look at, at $15,000 or $20,000 pre-owned cars or ever consider a brand new car. Um, you know, so even if the, even if the price point goes up to 7500 
that seventy five hundred was twenty five hundred dollars thirty years ago. So it doesn't really right, matter. right, yeah. Um, what are you seeing? I mean, we are about to enter spring selling season and tax time. I did my taxes um, a week and a half ago. You know, and I I collect Social Security and my and my son pays me, and I don't I don't take any federal taxes out of my Social Security income until the 15th of April when I, when I have to stroke a big check to the government, bless their hearts. Um, are, are, are you seeing any of the uh, uh, tax return buyers out there yet? So yesterday morning, we had someone come buy a car and he had just got his tax money back. Now he filed like second week in January, which is, which is rare. So he just got, yeah. he, he got his W2 back uh, way earlier, but um, usually, uh, what'll happen is we'll see a, a few stragglers come in, not stragglers, but a few, uh, like early, uh, yeah. tax filers come in and they'll be slow to come in. And then there'll be like one big whoosh. It's, uh, typically the IRS will hold back the, um, the tax refunds for, uh, people who have, um, uh, kids that those are the ones that are getting the, the biggest tax checks, tax yeah. checks. And uh, they'll release them all at the same day if they're early filers. And when that happens, we we know what happens because we'll sell <laughs> 10, 13 cars all in one day. And it's usually on a Tuesday or a Thursday for whatever reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't seen that yet. Uh, but uh, we have seen the first tax money. It just it hasn't been this big chaos of the first big wave yet. Um, but we, what we are seeing on the wholesale level is that dealers are now starting to prepare a little bit. So our prices... Um, have gone up. So you've seen this big uh, just crushing of uh, yeah. value on the wholesale uh, prices. Now you're going to start seeing them go up. And uh, you'll you're hearing that here first. Uh, two weeks from now, we're going to see we're going to see a spike in the wholesale data because we're already seeing it now. Uh, auctions that we were able to buy quite a few cars from uh, about a month ago. Now we're we're having a hard time. We're having to fight a little bit more. So uh, we're we're already seeing that. And as soon as we get that first wave. I'm anticipating it's either going to be next week or the following week. Okay. That's when wholesale prices are going to the moon. So um, if you are somebody that needs a used car and you need it now, today would be better than next, next Friday. Yeah, you're you're probably already too late at this point. I would uh, I would go ahead and tell you wait because every other dealer knows exactly what I know. People are about to get their tax refunds, so they're not willing to cut. And they're probably if you go in there and try to negotiate, even if they're struggling right now, they're probably going to uh -huh. say, you know what, if you don't want to buy it, that's fine. Because we think in about a week, week and a half, we're about to get hit. So, um, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna take any money off right now. Uh, so you're you're. You probably, if you're looking for a car right now, I don't want you to be a buyer right now. Uh, this is a seller's market starting from here until about the end of summer. So when you say the end of summer, you you're talking about into September? No, maybe not that far. Maybe um, end of July, August is when. Um, so what you have to have have happen is all the fluff's got to come out of the auctions. And yeah. then from there, there's still going to be fluff left over on the retail side. And then dealers have to get pinched like they do every single year, exposing uh, themselves to these, these higher prices. And then when they get pinched, there's still another month, month and a half where their floor plans are coming due. They're like, okay, I got to actually sell some cars now. And for you to get all that fluff, uh, so the, just think beginning of tax time is right at the beginning of March, end of February take a couple months for the fluff to come out of a wholesale market. Then you have another month, month and a half for the fluff 
to come out of the retail side. And that's when we can go back on this downtrend that we've been on for prices. And then you still want to wait as long as you can then because uh, demand's going to go back to sucking at that point. I, you know, I, I, I kind of remember that, that um, typically wholesale prices start to go down again in July. Yeah. Is typically when we, and, and that, that typically carries on pretty much towards the end of the year. Yeah, and then for whatever reason, we get another bump in October. I don't know what it is. I've never been able to figure it out. There's, there's, we always sell cars in October. The prices always bump up a little bit in October. I, I've never been able to figure out why. It's just a little bump. Uh, but then, uh, then you're the end of the year. You know, is the best time to uh, buy cars wholesale and retail. You know, it's. It, I'm going to ask you a question, and I, I, I honestly, in my mind, I, I, I really don't remember. Um, you know, it's an election year. Do do are is there normally a bump in sales during election years? Or I think it's going just going to depend on how the economy is going. If it's a very highly contested election year, some people get scared. Some people hold on to money more, and that's just going to have. I mean, that's going to have an effect on the real estate market, on the on the the car market. I don't know that we're going to see any difference this year, even though it's very polarizing. I don't, I think there's still, there's still money out there to catch any big whoosh down. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I honestly, I don't know the answer to this, but I can't see, I can't see it mattering at all. I, you know, I, I could, so I'm trying to think, you know, I, I've, I've, I've lived through uh, quite a number of presidential elections um, and I was in the car business for quite a number. And I, you know, honestly, I don't really remember if there's a difference in, in the, what sales were like when it was an election year towards the end of the year. Um, and when it wasn't an election year, but can I share a success story with people? And I'm not going to put it on the screen, not because I don't know how, uh, but because there's some information on there that I'm not sure the person who sent us the email would like that information to be seen. So I'm, if it's okay with you, Brandon, can I can I read a success story to you? Um, this is from one of our customers. It says, good morning. I just wanted to give a big thank you to Frank and the entire Car Edge team for their help in procuring a new vehicle for my daughter. In early January, my daughter was hit by a drunk driver at 7.30 in the morning while on her way to work. She is fine but her six-month-old Mazda CX-5 was totaled. My first instinct was to contact the dealer where we got the truck to replace it. To my frustration, they were neither open nor transparent in working with me on a new lease. Having been a follower of yours since the early YAA days, I searched for a new Mazda and was immediately contacted by your team. Frank was a pleasure to work with, we reviewed all the costs, discounts, and upfront costs involved. The lease cost was less than I was quoted here. The complete opposite of my dealings with the dealer here on Long Island. Deal done. The truck was picked up yesterday from J.C. Lewis in Savannah and was in my driveway less than 24 hours later. Car Edge proves, without a doubt, that there is an easy and proper way to purchase a vehicle. Great job. I just needed to toot our horn. I hope you were okay with that. 
Absolutely fine. So uh, explain to me just real quick this this process. So they they go online like on your site, and, and, they, I, and they they can go for our trusted dealer network, um, and and if they select a car, that goes through us. They don't deal with the dealership directly. They deal with one of our Car Edge team members who will get all the numbers together for them based on our pre-negotiated pricing. And for instance, in this case, it was a lease. So we get all the lease information and we were able to present that to the customer in a total transparent manner. And there's none of this crazy back and forth and there's no added BS. And voila, people sign, car shows up, life is good. So what do you think has to change for this to be the future of, of the car market where it's just like walking into Walmart and you just pick a car? Um, I don't know that that will ever happen because there's too many dealerships out there that um, refuse to modernize their selling practices um, and still love to have the opportunity to um, uh, play shell games with their customers. But what I think is, is if we can grow our dealer network of trusted dealers who will pre-negotiate the deals with us and allow us to do everything so that it's just, they have, the, the customer has one contact and there's none of this back and forth and there's none of this, well, let me go talk to my manager and there's none of this, well, let my manager go talk to his manager. It's just, everything's open and transparent. I think if we can grow our dealer network and Zach went over this the other day, you know, um, Hyundai signed up with Amazon to be able to sell Amazon uh, to sell Hyundai's via Amazon. And that started in January and they've sold one car to an Amazon employee who I, if he's smart, he said, Oh, I loved it. It was a great, easy transaction. Um, and why they sold one, we've sold 30. So it's just a case of growing our network, having an availability of uh, more vehicles on hand that we can that we can select from, and and growing our footprint across the country. And when I think we do that, that I think is when the car business changes. Okay, so what? Um, what? I don't know if Zach's even pursued this or not, but what? What stops? Uh, you guys from going uh, directly to like Mazda, directly to Ford, and uh, and having the dealership model set up. But I guess it's, it's probably just money at that point. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't understand why this has never been done before. Other than if what you're saying is is just uh, just out outlandish greed is probably the the barrier for for most dealers to do this. Well, of course it is, and and you know our our rationale behind this is that. If we do this well, um, dealerships can actually cut their costs because um, they won't need nearly as many salespeople because we become their salespeople. Um, and they won't need nearly as many managers because, well, we become their managers. And, and all that expense is outsourced for them. 
And so they can sell more cars at a lower profit and ultimately end up making more money because they've significantly impacted their expenses in a positive way so that through volume, they make more. Yeah, and you, you've got to be a volume play for these dealers. That's what you got to be. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, but I just, I wanted to share that story. I mean, and listen, we, we've we've had some deals that haven't flown as easily as this particular deal did, especially when you're relying on, on trucking companies. Um, and they're not our trucking companies. We don't own any of it. So that it becomes, but but when it works, and and nine times out of ten it works. When it works, it is really an absolute pleasure for everybody involved. So that, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Taking out the dealership model. I mean, people would rather go to the dentist or hit themselves in the face with a rubber hammer than go to a dealership. And and people people have proven by buying a million cars a year at CarMax that they will overpay to not have to go through the hassle of haggling back and forth. We're not even asking them to overpay. Okay. Cause we're pre-negotiating a good deal. Now we're not saying you can't go out there and find somebody that will sell it for a hundred dollars less. Um, but then you'd have to work at it again to go do that. What we're saying is we're trying to do all that for you. And you sit back, just tell us what you want, and we make it happen for you. Who knows? Yeah, yep, that's uh, that's better. I, I people people would much rather do that. You just uh, you just got to get traction, I guess. Yep, we're working on it. Um, you know what I do have to do in about uh, um, uh, twelve minutes or so, fifteen minutes or so. You probably the have electric, another show. I would. Yeah, assume. the electric show. The I have to do the electric show. Um, so. Can I thank you for doing this today? Yeah, yeah, I, I really appreciate y'all letting me come on. This is always this is the most fun thing I do. Just sit around and talk to you guys. Oh, stop it! You've got to do funner things than that. Oh, not much. <laughs> How about hanging out with your son? Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's uh, that's not work stuff though. I'm talking about work stuff. So okay, so work stuff. Well, thank you for doing this because literally at eleven forty-five was when I found out Zach was being pulled in many directions. And wasn't going to be able to do the show. So it was all well, news to me. It probably had something to do with me texting him this morning and say, Hey, I'm available for a, for a show today if you want if you want me on. Um yeah, well that might have freed him up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so that he could say he was being pulled in many directions. Brandon, thank you so much. Um I am sure uh, Zach will make arrangements to have you on again, exactly when I don't know. And and you and I, we have to work on on something that we we wanted to try and put together so yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking of that so uh down in the comments real quick if you're watching this or you're watching after uh after the show me ray and zach are trying to figure out something that we're going to do together this year what would you like to see us do we know we're going to do something this year but we haven't figured out what exactly it is yet so so let us know down in the comments what you would like um us uh, to put together for you guys and uh and uh, we'll uh we would like to hear your ideas Yes, and 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 we'll try and even make it happen if we can. Absolutely. Terrific. Thank you, Brandon. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Ray. Yep. See everybody. Have a great weekend. And I don't know if there's a show Saturday or not. So just well, wait till Zach posts something. Thanks again, everybody. <laughs>